Hey guys, welcome to Game Changers Podcast, inspiring conversations with leaders of tomorrow. I'm Harsh. And I'm AJ. And today on the show, we have Clinton Jonah, also known as OG Jonah, one of the biggest na- music names in Edmonton. Hey, thank you for having me, AJ. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Harsh, on. great seeing you. I haven't seen this guy since high school, four or five years. But like, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. We've all grown up, bro. Everyone's doing a bit of growing up, you know, these days. Yes, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, you changed a little bit, though. I mean, hey, bro, I don't put on a little bit of weight, you know, going <laughs> gym, eating more yeah. while I'm cooking. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. That's always the best. Yes. All right. So, OG, we'll start off by, I'm pretty sure most of our viewers know about you, like, you're big in Edmonton. But start off just by telling us, our viewers who don't know about you, a little bit about yourself and how uh, your athletes in the music industry. Like you said, my name is OG Jonah. I've uh, performed all across Canada. I performed Vancouver all the way out east. I performed down in the states. Done shows with Lil Mosey, Bad Baby, Wizkid, and many others. I uh, I've dropped three studio projects along with over 30, 40 singles. Dropped 20 to 25 music videos, all independently, all since 2016. YGMG, this hoodie that I'm wearing, is my label that I started up back in 2016. I see myself as a musical mogul, not just a musical artist. So I started this label up as something to represent the city, something for artists who are coming up to come and join, for them to look up to as a beacon of hope in a sense. When I started making music, I didn't know any other big rappers from the city, let alone any that were claiming the city. People from Edmonton like to dissociate themselves from being from Edmonton, but I fully embrace that because I am proud to be an Edmontonian. I'm proud of where I came from. I'm proud of my roots, my city, and I want to make something for the entire city and the entire country to look at as a model and a benchmark to follow. That's dope, man. Putting off for the city and like blazing this trail for up-and-coming artists. So before we get into, I guess, like your present doings and how far you come with YGMG, I want us to I want you to take us back a little bit. Did you always have like a love for music growing up or how did that come about? I always did have a love for music. I wrote my first rap actually when I was in grade three. Really? It was just, uh, just a little joke rap, you know, like I was with a family on a little uh, BAM trip and we were stuck at Tim Hortons during Blizzard. I just wrote something like, yo, my name is Clinton. My friends call me Tintin. <laughs> if you see me on the street, wave to the beat. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey okay, you know? okay. <laughs> but then after that, I didn't really dabble much more into music until after I graduated from high school. My homie Quota, Quinn, shout out to Quinn, yo. He got a laptop. Quinn. He got a laptop and he hit me up with GarageBand. He's like, yo, check this beat out I made. Let's freestyle on it. So I went over, we had the little headphones, you know, the iPhone ones, and we freestyled on that. Dropped that on SoundCloud. People started messing with it. A few months later, I dropped my first music video. And when I dropped the first video, that's when I really took music seriously. We dropped that video. And the same night, we went out to the the ranch. I don't mess with the ranch, but whatever. Good thing they're close. Uh, We went to the ranch. And that same night, like we dropped the video a couple hours before. And people were already coming up to us being like, yo. And like saying the lyrics, saying the hook to us. And like just showing us love on the video and I was like yo like this is crazy the reaction that I'm getting from people people who usually wouldn't talk to me or would talk to me in um, different circumstances are showing appreciation yeah, yeah. for what I'm just doing kind of out of fun and then I'm like you know what this is something that I really want to do with the rest of my life this is something I can see myself settling in and that night when I went to bed I don't I don't really I haven't told anyone this bro but like I swear I had a dream and it was like yo this is what I'm on this earth to do and like I played hockey, you know, at really high levels. Like I was in university. I've done many things in my life, and never has there been a time where I like hear a voice telling me this is what I'm meant to do. So after I dropped that first video, started taking music way more seriously, and you know now I'm sitting here with you guys talking about it. That's dope, man. For sure. I mean, thanks for thanks for being on, and I think that's really that's really insightful what you shared, and I think that light bulb just went off for you, and it's that feeling of. Um, you know, when you just find your purpose kind of thing. And it seems like that's what it was. And mm-hmm. now you're just on your path, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I hope, uh, you know, best wishes to you. And you've done some amazing work in the last couple of years. And, you know, long ways to go. But, you know, yeah. just getting started. And I think putting Edmonton on the map and, you know, slowly collaborating with other artists. You've done some amazing work. Thank so, you. So take us more into detail. Like, so I guess you, you said growing up, you didn't really mess with music. 
you didn't mess with making music as much until you actually graduated high school, right? Yeah. So how do um how did that come about in terms of like breaking into the industry? Because a lot of people you kind of see them like they've been trying to make music since they were young or whatnot. How did you end up breaking into the industry then? Or how did that come about? Tell us about that, like your early beginnings. I've always been stubborn. Yeah. And I always like to find things out my own way. I, if I see someone else doing something and I want to do it, I'll figure out a way to do it, whether it's learning from them or learning on my own. Because the way I see it, if a fellow human being is doing it, I can do it because I too breathe the same air that they breathe. Yeah. So when we first started making music and dropping our videos, the next step was to do shows. And I didn't know any, I didn't know anybody in the Edmonton music industry. The only name I knew was Tough House. And I was from one of my friends who had made a couple songs and he's like, yo, I recorded at Tough House. So I took myself down to Tough House, met the owner there, Orville Havana, shout out to Havana. He throws shows, you know, so he put me on a couple of his shows. And from being on his shows, I built up, built up my stage presence, built up my confidence and was able to branch out. And then from being in Tough House, I said, okay, I want more reached out to the higher up promoters, reached out to bigger venues, reached out to bigger venues and just kept going up the ladder in the Edmonton music industry to the point where I am opening up for names such as Burna Boy, WizKid, all these sold out shows, I'm being contacted to open up for these shows. So it's just been a steady progression of being consistent and being hungry. From my first show when I performed at The Needle on down, in downtown, it's no longer called The Needle, and then to performing at Union Hall and to one day when I'm at Roger's place and doing world tours, I'm never satisfied. I'm always trying to get to that next level and figuring out who I need to talk to, being persistent, emailing people, calling people, going places in person because lots of people that you want to reach out, no one wants to, not no one, but most people don't want to um, carry you, you know, so you got to show them your value, show them your worth and show them that look, I'm going to do this with or without you, so we might as well do this together and benefit the both of us. For sure, man. How did, so I want to build on that. You said, like, when you're coming up, right, like, you don't have much to show, per se, in terms of achievements. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're reaching out to bigger people, how did you kind of market yourself or how did you get them to buy into you when you necessarily didn't have, like, the concrete things to show? Like, you had the potential, but you didn't have, like, the athletes to back it up. Well, I had the, I had the work ethic. I had the, the look, you know, I wasn't even trying to have said look, I was just being myself and people saw my authenticity, like my name, my rap name's OG Jonah, my, my real name is Clinton Jonah. Before I was rapping, I was calling myself OG Jonah, like it was my Instagram handle before I was rapping, it was my Snapchat before I was rapping and all that. So people just saw the authenticity in it and that's what helped them to buy into what I had to had to say. And also when I first did start rapping, like before I dropped that first video, I dropped maybe eight or nine singles on SoundCloud all within a few months and then dropped that video. And after I dropped that video for the next say year, I was dropping a video like every month. So people saw the constant work and I was independent, never, I haven't taken a single grant, never took a loan, scholarship, none of that, all out of my pocket. People saw that and that's really what made the difference between me and all these other artists up here. Just that grind that goes on unseen really, right? Like it's what they call like the tip of the iceberg, right? Like yes. people only see like the success that you've got now, but they don't know like the work you put in to get here. Exactly. And that's For dope. Sure. Like people, don't, and you're right, cause that's the hardest part, right? Like getting started, getting your name built. Cause then when you get bigger, it's kind of like a domino effect in a way. Would you agree with that? Like It is, it really is. And from uh, when I first started making music, I, I viewed myself as being a big rapper before I already was a big rapper. Even now I don't see myself as being like a big rapper. But because there's so much more I want to accomplish. But from being down there, I had the mindset that I was up here and that pissed off certain people. I lost some of my friends because of that. But at the end of the day, I said, you know what? I, want, I know what I want to do with my life. Either you're going to support me or you're in the way. And I can't I can't limit myself because someone else is insecure about their own abilities. I have to push myself to my limits. I'm put on this earth for a reason. When I die, I'm a Christian. I'm sure we all believe in what we believe in. When I go meet God, he's going to ask me what I did on this earth. And if I say, oh, I, I limited myself because of other people's opinions or I used my platform to promote the wrong thing, that's not going to be the right answer. So I'm here for a reason. Everything I do, I do with a purpose. Music is my purpose, I feel like. However, everything I do, I do with a purpose. Wow, that's really deep, man. And I think... Uh... What you shared about you know having a having a motive and I guess focusing focus on your purpose 
and sometimes you have to make sacrifices for it. And whether you said, um, obviously, obviously staying focused and you know other sacrifices, but even just social sacrifices you have to make, right? And like you said, removing some people from your life that just aren't just helping you grow anymore. And yeah, I mean that's that's awesome, and it's definitely something that most people don't realize. Lots of like a really really difficult, um, um, you know, cutbacks you have to make. So, I mean, taking, going into transition from that, I, I mean, we definitely want to know about when was a time when, because you've mentioned some stories about you really um, getting that feel of fame, right? I mean, not, I know you, you're, not, you're not the most bashful, but do you want to have some stories to share? And I guess maybe also, when did you feel like people were really starting to realize who OG Jonah was? Um, I have so many stories, man. Like, I'll be at the mall, even. I'll be at West End Mall and... I'll, I'll go on my Snapchat because my Snapchat is like, anybody can send me a message, you know? And I'll see people taking videos of me. And I'm like, yo, why don't you just come and say hi? But well, most recent story is uh, like a couple months ago, my little brother had a track meet at Skona, Rolly Miles, you know, for six. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so. I was there to support my little brother. You know, I'm his biggest fan. Yeah. And literally before I even got to the stands, like kids are like, crowding up along the fence. Yo, that's OG Jonah, that's OG Jonah. And then different kids from different wow. schools, from Northside schools, from Millwood schools. Yo, can we get pictures with you? Can we get pictures with you? Coaches wow. don't even know who I am, but they're like, yo, we see the kids taking pictures. <laughs> can we take a picture too? I'm like, yeah, for sure. I like, took off my chain. I let a couple of coaches like hold and wear the chain. You know? like, so things like those hey. just really... Um, solidify what I'm doing. I'm not doing this for fame. You know, it's never been a, a fame hunt. I'm doing mm. it because I'm passionate about it. I love it. I want to make a positive difference. I want to change the community. I want to change my family's life. I want to change my own life. However, the fame does come with it. And it's a blessing that I'm able to use my fame in a positive light because lots of these kids, they're, you know, junior highers, high school, is very malleable minds. They're yeah, at that influential yeah. stage in life. And every time I get to interact with a kid who wants a picture or something, I'm like, yo, like, stay in school, don't do drugs, listen to your parents, listen to your teachers, all that stuff that people might brand as cliche, yeah. but it's real, because I wish, when I was at that age, I had someone to look up to who said, yo, stay in school, A, B, C, D, don't do certain things, because I was... Because you're curious and naive, right? Exactly, Basically, curious, he's curious at that age, if you don't have the right guidance, that curiosity may lead you down the wrong path. And you'll have to learn the hard way. Mm. So if I could save even one person from going down a path that I went down, you know, my job is complete. And I think we were going to see a, a lot of that in your music, too, because you mentioned, you know, your motives are changing. Yes. What you're going to talk about is changing in your music. Yeah. And I think you just have a, this energy of just showing showing love to people, even in your community, right? Yes. What, what you're doing with YMGMG, trying to build a community for artists, and even in public, you know, just... Uh, you know, giving out good knowledge, good support to these, you know, future, um, you know, future entrepreneurs or future artists, whoever they may be, and yeah. just supporting them and giving them the right guidance, right? Exactly. It's all about giving that guidance. Like, I'll have people message me, kids message me all the time. Hey, bro, I just started making music. It would be in the world. Actually, yeah. I'm going to tell you this one story. This one producer hit me up like a year ago. Hey, I made, I started making beats. It'd be the world to me. If you can listen to my beats, I don't think you're ever going to open this message. Now, to this day, me and that producer have maybe like 10 songs out. Wow. On my last album, he made uh, like two or three of the beats. We did a whole EP together. Shout out Samuel Milne. You know, he's from Shared Park, a high school kid. And lots of these kids, like, I love that they're so hungry at such a young age. Because if I started making music when I was 15, 16, Lord knows where I would be right now. Mm -hmm. But these kids are really doing it at such a young age. So every time I always try to reach out reach back to them like yo like send me your music let's work up let's link up like i i'm a fan of you you're saying you're a fan of me i'm a fan of you yeah. having such a good mindset at such a young age knowing what you want to do with your life and having the skill set the talent the work ethic everything to do it so i, lo I love supporting those young kids coming up it's all sure. about the support you know because they're the kids who are supporting me I want to show that same support back to them and whether we continue working together in the long run or not, they're going to have that, that experience, whether, no matter how long or short our experience is, they're going to have that and be like, look, mm. this guy was able to show me a few things about the music industry and the creativity side of it. And those things will last with them. Wow. It's really, honestly, man, it's really encouraging to see like this positive 
role model that you are and to use like your the spotlight you have in like a positive way because I'll be honest before I met you like I didn't know what to think of you just based off your music but the fact that like you're going above and beyond to give kids the opportunities that like you didn't have and to give them like this confidence really this belief that somebody believes in it right and that's the biggest thing it's dope and I commend you for that big time thank you I want to so I wanted you to kind of take us back because this idea of like taking a chance on people and kind of giving them the support that you wish you uh, had that's what you mentioned earlier right so did you go through like a lot of struggles in your upbringing or how did that I guess what fuels kind of your your drive and your hustle what fuels that and where did it come from well growing up I uh, I had two older I have two older <laughs> sisters I have a excuse me I have a younger brother and uh, it was just my mom in the house you know my dad was he wasn't really around for many years he works out of country so I would go sometimes years without seeing him talk to him maybe once a month once every couple months never really had that solid father figure in the house my mom would work her day job and come back home and work a night job and just seeing all this and being brought up in this environment caused me to be the man of the house at a young age and when I was younger I never really fully understood what that meant to be the man of the house when I was 10 11 12 but when I was like 13 14 like grade 9 grade 10 it started to click in more like yo I have a younger brother I have my mom here I have my sisters like I have to do more I have to I have to pull more weight. I have to be the support system that I don't have. And it'd be so weird, like going to a school like Scona, you know, these kids pulling up in their nice cars, their oh, yeah. big houses, <laughs> all this stuff. And like, I took the bus until the day I graduated, you know, like I didn't have, I was photocopying bus passes, bro, on God. I was, I'd cut out the little <laughs> silver part and photocopy bus passes. I had a yeah. job when I was 12 years old, ref in soccer. I have soccer from age 12 to 17. Like doing all these things just helped me to really, really solidify my um, my drive to support because my younger brother's there. I'm the, I played hockey. Hockey wasn't cheap. I had to lots of times money I'm making from my jobs going straight into my hockey fees. I wasn't working so I could go buy extra clothes or go to the movies. I was working so I could play a sport. I was working so that maybe I might have a couple extra dollars. So I don't have to ask my mom for the couple extra dollars because I know I'm not going to be able to get it anyway, you know? So growing up and having to be a man at a young age really is what the the foundation of my desire to just support so many people is, you know, support all these young kids, support these fellow rappers, whether they're older, or younger, it doesn't matter to me. Age is just a number, but in the right context, you know? How old your girl, by the way? <laughs> hey, bro, she's 20. She's 20. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's bro. We got that pressure. That's yeah. <laughs> sweating, you know? A little perspiration on her. <laughs> but no, like, it's, it's all about just supporting and giving that yeah. support. Because when you give it, you get it back. That's really what I've seen. And, like, growing up, you know, when I gave it to my mom, I get it back. Versus the times where if I'm being hard-headed with my mom growing up, like, Oh, she's gonna put her foot down and lay the law down if I'm being hard-headed with my sisters. They're older than me, but you know they're gonna they're gonna re reciprocate if I'm not being supportive towards my little brother. He's gonna be a little brat, but like yeah. if I'm you know showing that loving hand, it goes a long way. And those are those are lessons that you can't buy and you can't teach. You just have to go through them on your own. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really insightful. And I always say this and like usually every podcast I bring this up because but it's it resonates with me so much about just being grateful and you know you mentioned those kids that were just you know pulling up in their Mercedes or you know their Lincolns or whatever and uh, their Beamers and like you know you, you like you said you started basically working from an age of 12 without a father figure at the home your mom was working you know two jobs morning and night you, know, you had to kind of be a role model for your sibling and uh, you had two older sisters as, sisters as well. So, I mean, I guess people don't realize just how grateful they are when, you know, their, their parents are well-to-do and they, they don't have fees to worry about or, um, you know, they don't have to worry about um, being a role model to someone or being that, you know, that leader at, at, the, at the house. And you know, people just take a lot of things for granted, for sure. Yeah, they do. In this Western era, you know, people don't really grasp what they have. Yeah. Like, I've, I've slept in fields. I've slept in my car. I've gone days without eating so i am so grateful for every little thing that i have mm -hmm. i know like like you said earlier 
you didn't know what to expect from me in this in this conversation before you met me and that's fair you know a lot of people they really don't like people will see me in public and they'll message me like hey i saw you but i was scared to say hi and i'm like say hi but like from some of the music i've made i can see where that's coming from and there's been a time in my life where i was just ignorant and said you know what screw it i'm just gonna I'm going to do myself. I'm going to go down this dark path. I don't care about the consequences. I don't care about anything that happens. But to my core and to like my heart, that's really not me. I'm all about giving back. I'm all about showing support, showing love to everybody. And that's the message I want to spread. So this whole thing about giving people a chance, do you have a moment of when somebody, when you're coming up, somebody took a chance on you? Do you have a story of that that really resonated with you? Um, I do. I want to go back to to uh, Tough House, to Havana, you know? He gave me a chance on those first few shows that he did with me. They weren't huge shows by any means, you know? There were maybe like 100 people there. Half the people were probably my friends, people I'd invited or sold tickets to. But he gave me that chance, the opportunity, because he saw my drive, he saw my hunger. And he allowed me to, gave me, gave me a platform to grow, you know? helped me out a lot taught me a lot of things so that when I leveled up you know went to the to the next stage in my career I had all of that as a foundation learned a lot from it so Havana with Tough House is someone who I gave a lot of a lot of props to yeah. for you know showing me a lot of the ropes yeah so and it's even it's even greater to see you like reciprocate that really because a lot of people I feel like a lot of people appreciate it but they don't actively look to give back and that's see you doing that just dope man i so we want to switch gears a little bit so tell us about i guess tell us a little bit of a switch so tell us a little about clinton that people wouldn't know not og but clinton himself like what would what's something people wouldn't know about you well most people don't know that I, you know i played hockey growing up i played for ssac like two years bam triple a three years mid to triple a played out in camrose for the alberta junior hockey league um, like I said earlier, took the bus until I graduated high school. Asked my teammates, I used to take the bus to games. Like I'd pull up in like dress shoes and a full suit and tie, minus thirty weather, like hockey bag over my shoulders, hockey sticks in my hand, like to the games. So yeah. What most people don't know about me is that I love people. You know, I love making connections. I love talking to people. I love helping people out. I'm a really easygoing guy. Like uh, I like to think I'm funny. My girlfriend doesn't think I'm too funny. <laughs> I get a couple laughs. You know? I like to think I'm a funny guy. And yeah, I'm I'm just all about giving back. I'm I'm Nigerian. You know, people always think like I'm Jamaican or something. I'm not too sure why. I love jerk chicken, you know. And I love my Jamaican. <laughs> but I'm a Nigerian. You know, like growing up, I grew up in the Nigerian community. Like to this day, I still go to Nigerian events. There's like maybe like five, six events every year, excluding like weddings and family events or the whole community like they throw big events there's actually one a couple weeks ago i was there with my girlfriend so i'm very tight-knit in my community like i respect my elders my uncles aunties all my cousins everybody um i love basketball i love playing basketball with my little brother you know i like to think of myself as a little coach you know yeah. <laughs> coaching up the next lebron james like my little bro he's quite the baller football basketball track he's a phenomenal athlete so I love watching him play sports. I love playing sports with him. Um, I like cats. You know, I, I have to low key say I like cats more than dogs. Doesn't mean I don't like dogs. Hey, I like dogs. You know, I've had a dog. I got a dog too, bro. I like dogs, but I had a dog last year. But like, I like cats. You know, cats are just chilling. You know, they're just chilling. They do their thing. They're low key, low maintenance. I like that. Hey, bro. Um, don't be chasing. <laughs> that should get you in trouble, bro. You're gonna make me see him on the couch, bro. <laughs> no, no, Clinton. Clinton's girl, no, he's, he's chill, he's chill, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, off camera, only off camera. We talk about that shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding, no. It's all good, it's all good. But no, I, you know, I'm a mama's boy. Yeah. Uh, I love my mom, literally. Like, I talk to my mom, like, every day. Like, she calls me every day. Like, if my mom doesn't talk to me, like, Two or three days, she'll call me like, "Are you okay? Like, I haven't talked to you." <laughs> so like, you know, I, I love my mom. I'm best friends with my sisters. Both of them live in the states. They're doing their thing. Shout out to my big sisters, Emma and Blessing. Go check them out. Go check out Blessing's new company, Ladies Blood Box for her. You know, we're gonna have the link in this video. But um, you know, I, I 
I'm family oriented. Right. I love my family, and that's what makes me like love other people because we're all part of the same human family. I see a fellow artist. We're part of the same musical family. Doesn't matter that I've been making music maybe for a little bit longer than he has, or done a couple more shows than him. We're still on the same level. We're all part of the same family. So those are just a few things about myself that I want people to know. For sure, man. Thanks for that personal touch, man. That. Uh... That's cool. Like it's just stuff people wouldn't know, right? And yeah. we're giving you this platform to get, see that human side of you too, right? Not just exactly. the artist side. But I want to come back a little bit to, um, I guess, tell us a little bit more about why GMG. Tell us about your company that you, your musically loved you started. What was your inspiration behind that? And like, just go on about that. Your inspiration and and what really prompted you to want to do that. So why GMG? was started by, I have to give props again to Quinn, you know, shout out the man Quota. It was started <laughs> by him and I. Here, I actually have, I have the original logo tattooed on my arm. Quinn drew this logo in math class. <laughs> this is the, the camera can hey. see. This is the original logo, YG. And it used to be called YEGs, you know, it was like Y-E-G, apostrophe S, you know, like Edmonton G's. And then over time, I changed it to YGMG. The inspiration for, for the name was not just the city, but like I was a big, I am a big Little Wayne fan, you know, YMCMB. Oh, you know, okay. like, YGMG. That's yeah. kind, of like, <laughs> kind of like where okay. I came with the five letters for it and all that. But the true inspiration was to be a an icon in the city and not just my face, because I started rapping like with a couple friends and we were all rapping together. It wasn't just OG Jonah, we were all rapping, all rapping YGMG. And I had the mindset that creating an idea, creating something like YGMG will go further than I can as an individual because only so many people will might rock with me. People might have their their qualms with me for whatever reason. But if it's an idea and it's something larger than myself, more people are gonna rock with it. More people are gonna wanna support it. I'm gonna wanna help bring it to life. And that's really why I wanted to create YGMG, something for every artist in the city to look up to. I've worked with so many artists in the city, whether we have songs together, whether they've come to my house and I recorded them, whether they've hit me up and I've directed them in the right ways to go. And I, I love doing this stuff for people. I love being able to help because these are all things I didn't have, you know, I didn't know where to go when I first started. I didn't have someone who I could hit up be like, hey, how do I do A, B, C, D? Where do I go for A, B, C, D? I had to do trial and error. I had to spend a lot of time and money and a lot of mistakes to figure out what paths to take. So that is kind of the inspiration behind YGMG is just to create something iconic that the whole city can get behind, the whole city can support, whether you're an established artist or a new artist, something that, you know, encompasses all of us and represents the city at the same time. Right. So take us, I guess, take us a little behind the scenes of like the business side of the music industry. Because everyone sees the songs you put out, everyone sees like the music videos, right? But what's the business of the music industry like? Like what goes into, I guess just break down the business because personally I have no idea like what goes on behind the scenes. The music industry is like 80% business, 20% music, you know, and right now I'm spitting straight facts. So if you're, if you're an upcoming artist, listen closely. The first thing you should do when you start dropping music is register your music through a platform such as SoCan so that you can be getting your royalties not just from Spotify, but if your music gets played in the club, if your music if your music gets played on YouTube, anywhere your music gets played, you can get that. Also, YGMG, it's trademarked. I spent $1,500 to get a trademark. The trademark lasts for 10 years, and it's also registered, and it's incorporated all under my name. So if you're an artist and you have a brand, you have a label, even your own artist name, go get it registered. Go get it trademarked because if you truly believe in it, you never know. Someone might down the road try to steal it from you, try to, you know, leverage it against you. Yeah. Something might happen. You got to go and get your music, Spotify, get it on Apple Music, on YouTube, SoundCloud. SoundCloud is great. SoundCloud is really good. And even if you have your music on Apple Music, doesn't mean you shouldn't have it on SoundCloud. You should get your music on as many places as possible. Um, what's, what's this one? 
I can't remember it right now, but there's all these different YouTube, or not YouTube, uh, like web streaming services that aren't as big as SoundCloud and Apple Music, mm. but people still have Napster, for example, you know, Amazon Music, every, you gotta get your music everywhere. I have right. bands who listen to my music on so many different platforms. Some of these platforms I've never even heard about until they hit me up and then I'm like, okay, I gotta get my music on there. Make sure that each song you you uh, each song you have to individually go through and register after you post it. Make sure that you have your lyrics on Genius so that people can go and see exactly mm. what you're saying, so there's no misinterpretation. Do you upload those yourselves, lyrics? I do. I yeah. do. I do everything myself. Well, I don't do. I don't. I don't like uh, engineer myself. But my lyrics, all that's all this business stuff I'm telling you. Like this is all yeah. stuff like I do myself. Like I watch YouTube videos, I self-educated myself on how to do these things and a lot of artists don't know how or don't even know where to begin. But these are all things that need to be done in this music industry. You have to have a good network because your network is your net worth. You have to be a people person. If I'm having a show, you're not gonna want to come to my show if I'm, you know, if I'm a if I don't even give you the time of day, if I don't even talk to you, but if I talk to you and you're my friend and we truly relate, you're more likely to come to my show. You're more likely to buy a ticket, buy my hoodie off of me. You don't need to have a million fans. You only need those thousand true fans. If you have 1,000 true fans who will buy your music, buy your merchandise, buy anything you're doing, you know, buy into you as an artist or buy into your brand, whatever it may be, you're more successful than someone who might have 100,000 followers on Instagram, but their fans aren't truly engaging with them. Their fans aren't buying their hoodies. Today even, like I went and dropped all, I sold like $200 worth of merch today. I was driving around selling merch and my merch is flying off the shelves. It's because I'm just personable with people. People hit me up, like I take time out of my day. I'll just talk to them like on a bro to bro level, whether you're buying my hoodie, whether you listen to my song or not, like at the end of the day, I really don't care. I just care that you can at least go and say, yo, like that guy's cool. Like I had a good conversation with that guy. That's the thing that matters. So right. those are all business tips that I can give to any up, up and coming artist right now. For sure, man. And for those that are watching, we're definitely gonna be doing a giveaway with some of OG's merch as well. So we're gonna collab that. So stay tuned for uh, YGMG merch coming out in a giveaway. Um, but yeah, um, I think as uh, you were sharing before too, lots of really specific detailing going on behind very, very minute things, but it all builds up together. Right? And you don't notice, you know, genius lyrics, um, different platforms, all those little things, trademarks, all the business side of it. And the people, lots of new artists don't realize it. And I think it's, you also have to understand the legalities behind it yeah. and um, also make sure you're safe in that sort of sense too. And I think for uh, those that are watching, um, you know, even Clinton mentioned this before, um, you know, I feel like he's just such a, such a supporting, um, I think, character in, you know, in the music industry, especially in Edmonton. I think for any new artist, whether even it's you're in fashion or you're in, you're in production or you're just a rapper, you're a singer or anything. I mean, YGMG, you know, great, great um, network of people a great connection through Clinton. I'm like from his energy, people that are watching, you can definitely tell it's definitely going to help you out. Um, you know, a leader for definitely a leader for future generations and just a younger generation now. Thank you. Yeah. And one more thing, you know, anyone watching this and any sort of creative industry or any industry at all, you know, feel free to hit me up. My information will be available either throughout this video in the description somewhere. So feel free to give me a message shoot me an email, hit me up in the DMs, whatever questions you have, I'm here to answer them. For sure, man, thank you for that. So thanks for sharing the whole personal, you're a little bit about your personal self and the business side a little bit. Let's switch gears a little bit to the music side. So um, what do you think makes you unique as an artist? Like what do you, why are you getting in order? He's OG fam, he's the OG. <laughs> what do you mean, he's the OG? He's been OG for five years, man. <laughs> Longer, bro. Before I started <laughs> rapping, bro, I was calling myself hey, OG, bro. Hey, you know, okay. like, I think what separates me from a lot of artists is I'm genuine. People can see I'm genuine. Even even if you don't like all my songs, even if you don't like all my lyrics, you can at least say, okay, like this person is at least speaking their truth and they're staying true to themselves. Like I've I've in the short time I've been making music, I've seen artists come and go. I've seen someone makes a video today. Tomorrow, I don't even hear from them. Next tomorrow, you know, it's like they fell off the face of the earth. Someone will be rapping today, even from our own city. Someone will be rapping 
today. Tomorrow they'll dye their hair pink. Excuse me, next tomorrow they'll dye their hair white. They'll put blue contacts, they'll put green contacts, they'll do all sorts of stuff like antics just to gain attention. Gain, gain attention. And I have never really been a fan of that. I've always, I'm like I said earlier, like I'm stubborn, I'm prideful in a way, and I just really want to stay true to myself. Whatever my truth is, good or bad, I always will stay true to it. And I feel like that is what separates me from the masses of artists out here because I don't care to be famous. Like that's not why I started making music. I care to get my story out there, change my life, to be a real person. I want to show people, look, some kid from the South side of Edmonton who used to play hockey and then got into other things and began making music can make something out of himself and you can too. Whatever your story is, whatever your background is, it doesn't matter. Your past does not define your future. That's, that's, um, rhetoric that I truly believe in, that I tell people. So those are all things that I think differentiate me from many artists and have allowed me to have more success even. And also, also like I went to school for a couple years and going back to school in September. My parents, my dad has two PhDs. My mom has her master's, you know, so I come from an educated family. So being able to hold a conversation and carry out ideas just that goes a long way too when I'm in front of certain people, you know, in front of venue owners, promoters, whatever it might be. It's like, okay, this guy's not just some high kid. Yeah. <laughs> he actually has a, a brain on his head. So yeah. those are all things that separate me from many artists. And I can, like, just from this conversation alone, I could definitely attest, like, the mindset I feel like that separates you, uh, like, like, that differentiates you from pretty much probably every other artist because they just focus on making music but then you're focusing on the business and you're focusing on like how you give back and that's very like that's very rare to be honest so give us a little bit more like how did you cultivate this mindset or how did you cultivate just this worldview really because most people i guess the stereotype of the rappers is like they just make music get high things of that sort right so how did you how did you break that shell or break that stereotype just going through life experiences man like when i started making music yes we had ygmg but even still, I like YGMG and I made it to be something to encompass a city. But when the people I made it with, the people I was rapping with, we kind of all fell apart. I became, I like retreated back into my own shell, you know, I became ignorant. I became that stereotype, just like, screw the world. I don't care about anybody. I'm just going to do myself. And like going through that stage and going through other you know, traumatic things in life have brought me to the conclusion that, look, we're only on this earth for a finite amount of time. How do you want to be remembered? If I were to die today, I don't want to be remembered for, oh yeah, he, he always smoked weed, or oh yeah, he rapped about popping bottles or wasted money on designer clothes. I don't want to be remembered for that, bro. I want to be remembered as, oh, he helped me out. Oh, he was a really good person. He was a great family person. I want my little brother to be like, oh, you know, he did everything he could to be a model big brother for me. I literally tell my little brother, I'm like, look, I want to do everything for you that I wish someone did for me. You know, I wish I, when I was 13, I had someone buy me clothes and shoes so I didn't have to go to Value Village or garage sales to be getting shoes. On God, bro, every pair of Nikes Whoa. I wore in high school were fucking from Value Village or, or garage sales, bro. Like, I want to be someone who is remembered for the right reasons and not just remembered in a flash and forgotten for all the wrong reasons. I want to leave a, a difference, an impact on this earth. Like I have family members in Nigeria. Like my parents, both my parents combined have 17 siblings. All their kid, all their siblings have kids. Some yeah. of their kids' kids have kids. Yeah. I have a big family. I have a yeah. lot of people looking up to me, seeing what I'm doing. I just every day I wake up, I just wanna do what I can to make the world a better place. And I know that starts from within, that starts from making myself a better person so I can in turn reciprocate that love, that goodness onto whoever I'm interacting with. So those are all things that drive me, that motivate me, that help me to formulate this mindset. I also, I enjoy watching YouTube videos, you know, but like not just stupid videos, like videos on self-empowerment self-growth videos about the world things that are going on like real things things that people shy away from watching people don't want to watch people would rather stay in the shell whether it's a shell of ignorance or a shell of um a shell of just you know believing what you want to believe and not expanding your mind all these are different things that help me to these are all different obstacles that i overcame 
that helped me to come up with this mindset that I have today. Wow. And I think a couple of things you mentioned to take away from there, very insightful and very meaningful. You know, you mentioned investing in yourself, right? And that concept of, uh, you know, having your cup full before you can give to others or before you can do, um, you know, try to give to others and give that energy out because you don't want to make, you don't want it to be, you know, half cup filled, right? Exactly. So uh, investing in yourself when you said, you know, spending that time even through media or using those resources like YouTube, stuff like that to, you know, grow yourself as a person, right? And yeah. um, uh, some other stuff you mentioned, you know, even about your sh getting your shoes from garage sales and, things like that. And I mean, it's, it's experiences like that, that really make you who you are when you have that awareness, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's awareness is so key when you have that awareness of the bad, and I guess maybe uh, like difficult times, then you learn to appreciate the good, right? Yes. And even now, I think, like who would who would have known that, right? Who would have known OG Jonah used to wear uh, Valley Village clothes? Like people don't see that, right? People don't, people don't see like the struggles behind it and, um, yeah. And nothing to be shameful about. I think those experiences really craft you into who you are as a person. They did, man. They really did. Even I have this uh, one poster actually, like, because I used to, you know, frequent Valley Village everywhere I go shopping straight up. I got this one poster. And I still have it. It's the sickest thing I ever got from Valley Village. <laughs> I got it in my grade five. Uh, my dad gave me $10 to spend at Valley Village, and the poster was $2. It's like a big, like Michael Jordan poster. Yeah. That's after they won uh, the championship in 1997, and it has like each year before that that they won. Like yeah. he's like holding the the one he's oh, hugging the trophy. No, no, it's not. It's not the one you think because you're probably thinking of the one he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like It's not that one. It's like him and Scottie Pippen, yeah. and they're both like holding the trophy like on the on the court. It's the sickest thing. I still have it hanging up in my studio today. You know, but um, yeah, the hard times you have to know. You have to know how the rain feels to appreciate the sun. Mm. Like if if I didn't go through what I went through in my life and continue to go through on a day-to-day -day basis, I wouldn't know how to give back. I wouldn't know how to help somebody else. So I really embrace my struggles and I encourage people, whatever your struggle is, embrace your struggle. Don't shy away from it. Embrace it. Try to make it the best you can. And you're going to come out of it a stronger person and you're going to be able to help someone else even if you're not, you know, on the same, have the same platform that I'm blessed enough to have, you still, you still have a mom, a dad, maybe siblings, maybe friends, coworkers, there's still someone in your life who can benefit from you being strong and you being able to pass down that to someone else. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I have to say to the people. For sure. And lots of people get that confused with being selfish and it's not really being selfish. You're just self-investment in a form of self-love, right? And right. when you, when you finally become, you know, trying to fully fulfill your potential, get as close as you can, only then you can start giving, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I think going off of that, I think definitely want to come back to your music and, um, you know, you mentioned some key factors that have been, you know, crucial for you to be successful. Um, you know, you mentioning, um, I guess, you know, consistency, you know, you've been doing it for a long time and you mentioned people, you know, they start getting into it. They want to look the part, but they don't want to actually play the part. Right. right. And um, I guess simplicity, you know, focusing on the craft and not just, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to no, I'm going to focus on my music. I'm going to focus on my business I'm going to focus on my own personal side of my mindset. Right. Growing right. those factors. Right. And I think all of that just really um, is really, really key factors. And. Um, take, taking from that, I think, just really wanted to ask you, what is what does it take to be successful in the music industry? It takes having tough skin, you know, because you're going to get a lot of no's, you're going to get a lot of disappointments. You have to, the only person you can expect something from is yourself. I can't expect you to do something. Even if you're a photographer, for example, I can't expect you to A, want to come take pictures of me, and even to say you do come take pictures of me, I can't expect you to get the pictures back to me ASAP, whatever the case might be, that's maybe more of a specific example, but the broader thing I want to get there is you can't expect anything from anyone other than yourself because you can't control other people. You can only control yourself. So you have to have tough skin. You have to have zero expectations for anybody because at the end of the day, everyone's going through their own, everyone is trying to, grow themselves as a person or as a brand or they're going through their own struggles. They got their own bag of whatever it is to worry about. They don't give a crap about what you're going through. So you can't expect them to want to care about what you're going through. You have to hold yourself to high standards. Mm -hmm. You have to be consistent. You have to believe in yourself 
more than anyone else does. If I if I make a song and you ask me about my song, I say, ah, it's okay. You know, you don't have to listen to it. You're not gonna listen to it. You're gonna say, okay, whatever. This guy doesn't even like his own music. Why would I listen to it? Exactly. But if if uh, when I'm here talking about myself, my music, and you see my confidence, my charisma, you're like, okay, I want to go check this guy out. I want to go see his music. I want to go listen to him if I haven't already because you have to believe in yourself before anyone else will. When I dropped my first music video, bro, I moved out of the house when I was 17. Oh, wow. I dropped my first video, I think maybe I was 18 or 19. And like, I, I, when I first came to Canada, like we lived in Mission Park before we moved. So like, I went back to Mission Park, shot a video there. Like, I'm like, you know, sipping lean and all sorts of like good shit, yeah. whatever. My mom saw that video. And she like called me, she's like, yo, like, since she didn't know I was rapping, first of all, she's like, since when you rapping? And like, she was crying. She's like, not tears of joy. She's like, yo, like, I'm so ashamed that like, this is what you want to do. And like, this is how you want to portray yourself. And I'm like, look, mom, like, I love you, but like, if you're not going to support me, like, that's okay. I'm still going to do what I love doing. And now to this day, everywhere I go with my mom, she said, hey, you know, my son's a rapper, my son's a rapper. She's my biggest fan, yo, like, she's literally like... My, my second manager, if you want to say that, like she is in there for me. She's calling around, calling back home to Nigeria, calling like networks, trying to make connections for me, trying to do so much for me. And it's just because like I believed in myself. So many other people like I've turned haters into fans just by believing in myself and just by staying positive. So staying positive, believing in yourself, having tough skin not expecting anything from anyone and staying consistent. Those are five tips that I want to give to anybody who wants to be an artist, anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, anyone who wants to be successful in life. Anyone who wants to be a game changer. Exactly. Anybody who wants to be a game changer exactly. should stick by that. Exactly. You know you're going to change the game sooner sure. or later. Exactly. And I think we've noticed this as a pattern of guests too. It's like a mindset, right? And that's why we call it Game Changers Podcast because it's a game changer mindset. It's um, it's a purpose mindset. It's a right. success mindset. It's a right. you know, pursuit of happiness mindset. And it's consistency. We see that. And I think you're, you're a prime example of that today. So thank you. Before we go further, I want to, so that story about your mom being ashamed essentially at the beginning of your rap career. Yeah. So when you're going through this phase of your life, I'm guessing you're 17, 18 around there, right? Like some people are going to school. Some people are like you said, your parents are highly educated, right? Right. I'm guessing you probably felt this sort of like social pressure of like, oh, maybe I should be going to school instead. How yeah. did, so what kind of went down in your head that made you double down on this music thing rather than just trying to pursue like the common path that everybody else is going down? Well, just after I started making it, the love that I found, I fell in love with making music and I've always just been one to, I just, uh, like I'm stubborn, you know, I, I, I don't try to be stubborn. I'm not deliberately stubborn, but it's just in my nature to be stubborn. Like, I just want to do what I want to do. Sometimes it might not be the best thing, but like, if I'm wanting to do something and someone's nagging me not to do it, that kind of makes me want to do it more, you know? So like having my mom not supporting me, having my friends not supporting me, having like the closest people around me not supporting me the way I was expecting it off the bat, those are all things that made me be like, yo, like I'm doing this like by fire, by force. And you're going to see one day when I make it to where I want to make it, you're going to be proud of me. You're going to be there. You know, I'm, I'm not going to hold any hard feelings. Like that's my mom. I love my mom. And she's my biggest friend. And like one of my best friends. One day when I'm selling out tours and selling out arenas, I want my mom to be right there with me backstage. But those are all things people not believing in me and me having to believe in myself. Those are what pushed me. Those are what made me to stick with music. And uh, apart from the love and the passion that I found in it. For sure. And I think that's there's a really important message in there where even the people that are closest to you, even they might not believe in you, but and even they might put you down and you know doubt you all the sometimes and but you you just can't give up on yourself, right? You have to have that continuous belief in your purpose and what you want to yeah. achieve. And yeah, and I think you've, you've shown that. And like you said, you kind of won your mom over and even now you've made a switch from, um, and I think that also plays a factor because when close ones are around you, they kind of um, push you down and you kind of, it, it kind of forces you to just, you know, kind of get out of your shell, right? And, right. Um, and you have to like empower yourself and you have to learn how to love yourself and um, believe in yourself, right? On a regular basis. Right. Yeah. I'm, I want to dig deeper with the, Obviously, you've gone through a lot of struggles trying to come up in the music industry, right? Mm -hmm. 
would you mind sharing or would you be comfortable sharing one say like a point where you felt real low like how you got over that and what that struggle really was mm. well there's this one promotion company i was working with you know i'm i'm not gonna go into detail and say their names but um I had invested, I had invested a lot of money with them. Like we did a string of shows, and the first string of shows we did were really successful. So I was like, okay, let's do more. I invested more money with them, and the show that we were planning it for, you know, we had to change the venue at last minute, and then we had to pay more for another venue. So long story short, I ended up losing a lot of money, and I was like, this was early in my career still, and I was like, wow, like I'm down 10k right now, like. I don't even know if I want to continue chasing this rabbit down this hole because of the money that I've lost. But then I just sat down with myself. I'm like, look, if I'm if I'm doing this for pursuit of financial gain, I'm in the wrong I'm in the wrong business, you know, because you got to spend money to make money. You have to you have to you have to go through those struggles before you will get to the point of where you're now. You know where I'm now getting paid to do shows, where I'm getting paid to do features, paid for appearance, paid for all this stuff. People supporting me financially. You have to go through those struggles. You have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in yourself. Back to our earlier point. You know, look at Rick Ross for example. He was rapping for ten years before he blew up and like became Rick Ross. Before MMG, all he was rapping for ten years. I'm mm -hmm. sure there's so many other artists. Your favorite artists. I might not know their story, but I can guarantee you that they were rapping for a long time underground before anyone knew about them. I remember J. Cole. I saw a tweet from J. Cole, like, what was it, like, from, like, 2010 or maybe earlier, some tweet, and he's like, oh, just hit 500 Twitter followers. I know it's not much, but, like, I'm so grateful for all you guys, and now he's one of the biggest names on the planet. So you have to go through those those hardships, those times, those times where you might lose money, lose friends, and you're like, look, I don't even know if I want to keep doing this. Those are the difference between the good and the great. I played sports growing up. So I know when I'm say I'm down in the third period, those are the times where great players shine because the rest of the team might be hanging their head all oh, the game's over, but the game's not over till the final buzzer. My life isn't over until the coffin closes. I'm going to keep pushing no matter what, whether it's easy, whether it's hard. And if I can't push through those hard times, I shouldn't be there in the first place. That's how I look at it. So just having that fighter's mentality, you know, wanting, wanting, wanting to achieve it no matter what, whether the end result is what I want, as long as I can look myself in the mirror and say, I gave it all I got. I did my best back to the drawing board for the next game, back to the drawing board for the next tour, for the next whatever. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm going to go. Doesn't matter who's on my side. I know God is on my side. That's all I need. Those are the things that, you know, push me, push me past those points when I don't want to keep going, but I continue to keep going. Yeah. Do you think sorry? No, for sure. Uh, do you think like this maturity and this vision that you have essentially? Do you think it's a product of like the tough hardships you faced growing up, or what? Do, where do you what do you attribute this to? It definitely is. You know, like a big, a big um, attribute for my maturity would be my mom. You know, growing up in an immigrant household, like she was raised in Nigeria. That's a whole different world. Like most of us wouldn't even last a week in Nigeria. No, let yeah. alone be raised. I'm sure your parents came from their own, uh, you know, India. where you, India, India, you know, yeah. yeah. I, we wouldn't last a week growing up in India, yeah. you know, it's a whole different lifestyle that our parents came from and now raising us into here. So my mom didn't conform to the Western style of raising kids. You know, she was strict. She had her rules and they had to be followed. Like my mom is a no-nonsense woman, God bless her, you know? Yeah. So her being who she is and holding us to a high standard at a young age, those are all things that allowed me to be mature at a young age. Because like even when I was, say, elementary, early junior high, like I, I'd goof off in class. I'd get in trouble, but I'd still do well in class. And I was still, like I was, like I said, I was always one of the youngest in my class due to when I started school, but I was still always one of the most mature because of the home training, you know, the things that my mom instilled in my mind at a young age, having integrity, working hard, being honest, being trustworthy, being responsible, being reliable. These are all things that my mom just hammered into my head from a young age. And even, you know, when I went through my periods of time or being hard headed and doing my thing, like I still had that in the back of my mind, and which is why, I am who I am today, going through my upbringing, going through my trials and tribulations, and then, you know, coming back to who I am and 
looking myself in the mirror and getting back to myself, those are all things that that make me to be mature. And uh, even like when I'm with my girlfriend, sometimes she's like, "Yo, like, chill out, like, stop, you know, like, cut all this, like, this like father figure adult I'm Like, yo, I'm not even trying. Like, I'm, I'm not even trying. Like, I'm just being myself. Like, I'm sorry it comes across like that sometimes. I'm just being myself. I have seen both sides of the coin to, you know, so to speak. So uh, I know where I want to stand. I know what I want to do. I know who I want to be. And I know that what I put out is what I will get back. The maturity, the respect I put out is what I'll get back. If I'm going about my business like a child, I'll get treated like a child. So, so um, yeah, that's really insightful that you share that. And I appreciate you sharing it. Um, I guess going on from there, you do mention, you know, being at some low points and believing in yourself. But I guess I also want to touch light on, um, like, obviously, you, you know, people show a lot of love to you. And, um, but, you know, you do get, like, people do say some sort of you know, negative comments or hateful comments. And even even if they don't know who you are, right, mm-hmm. they just judge you even without knowing you based on assumptions and they'll make comments. And I think being at, at the level you are, you know, being like, I'd say, a social figure in the city, how do you how do you deal with that? Because you see a lot of that with social media these days, and you know that's I think, and you probably experience experience it as a, at a higher level than you know what just someone who has a regular kid in Instagram does. So how do you deal with something like that? I don't hear it. I just don't hear it. You know, yeah. if someone wants to send me a hate comment, I don't hear it. Someone wants to send me a hateful DM, I don't see it. Someone wants to say, hey yo, go screw yourself, I don't hear it. Like I'm just in my own lane and. I know with that lane I'm in, there's gonna come people who are naysayers, people who wanna sidetrack me, people who, uh, you know, they have nothing better to do with their time, their energy, and they just wanna bring other people down. Lots of times I'm personal, you know, like, I used to hate Drake when I was like in grade seven, like I hated it. He was like just coming up and I was like, yo, this guy's whack. Me and all my friends, we didn't like Drake, you know, just for the sake of being a hater. Yeah. There's people like that. So I just, I honestly don't hear it. I'm just like, I'm in my lane. It doesn't matter what you say because you don't define me. You could say whatever you want, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't define me. The things that define me are the actions, the way I treat people, the way I carry myself. Those are all traits that define me. So I just don't hear the hate, man. I just yeah, think that's good, man. And it's, and it's like, like you said, you know, focusing on yourself. And I think lots of people say, you know, hateful comments is a lot more about the person who's saying it rather than you, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I appreciate you sharing that a little bit there. Um, so, I mean, just going to a close here, but also just talking about, you know, the future. You know, what's the vision for OG and YGMG? Well, I'm dropping my album. I'm going to announce the name and the cover at a later date. You okay. Know? But uh, right now I'm working on my album. I'm going to aim to drop it like end of October, beginning of November. Um, I have strings of shows. I got a show next Sunday, August 4th. I got August 16th with Burner Boy. I got shows in September. I'm going to be down in Calgary actually doing um, some wow. big fashion shows. It's going to be like 5,000 people. And I'm Jeez. performing at the main event on the runway while models are walking by. So, you know, I'm going to continue doing shows and elevating and spreading myself all across Canada. Um, in December, I plan to go back home to Nigeria. I want to get some shows going down there. So the future for me is just being hungrier and hungrier and hungrier, wanting to achieve more, wanting to help more people, wanting to change more, more and more and more, always trying to do more. That is, yeah. that is what my future consists of. For sure, man. Thank and, you for sharing that. And what's, um, so going with that, clearly you're proud of being an Edmontonian. Do you see yourself, what's the music scene like in Edmonton? Do you see yourself staying here long term? The music scene is flourishing in Edmonton. It is crazy to see how far it's come when I first started rapping, you know. When I first started rapping, the only fellow rapper who I could like, you know, point a finger to, I would say is my homie Nawali. Shout out Nawali, you know, he's doing his thing big. And from like, say him and I rapping, there's been so many other people that we've helped bring up, so many people that we've cultivated, like the, the, the community's grown so much exponentially and it's continuing to grow every event. It's so beautiful to see. And this is what we wanted from the start. We wanted a community because Edmonton is not gonna sustain just one artist, it's not big enough to, but it is big enough to sustain a whole community. So it's really a blessing to see the community grow and grow and grow. Long term, I do want to move out of Edmonton eventually. However, like my mom lives here, you know, my little brother, he's in school one day. 
he's by the grace of God, he's gonna get a scholarship for football or something. He's gonna be in the states, but my mom will always be here. Edmonton will always be a home. So even if I'm living out of the city, like I always want to be coming back into the city, showing love, whether it's to artists, whether it's to you know um, those youth kids, YESS, the shelter, going north side, showing love to some kids out there, wherever it may be, in whatever way it may be. I always will continue to show love to Edmonton because this is. This is my city. This is the city that raised me. This is the city that shaped me. So many things have happened to me in this city, you know. So I always have that connection with Edmonton. That's uh, that's dope, man. It's like it's rare because you see a lot of people as soon as they gain a little bit of traction, they're out. Like they dip to the bigger cities, Vancouver, Toronto. But to see somebody like you. Why Edmonton on the map? <laughs> uh, little shots there, you know. You know, but like uh, well, I'm, I'm actually planning a move to be honest, but oh yeah, shit, yeah, but you we know, make a <laughs> no, we're gonna keep it here. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, similar mindset like you have, but we're gonna, we're gonna branch it out. Um, uh, I'm aiming to move somewhere so that we can actually grow this theory as well. We're gonna we're gonna branch it all over Canada as well. So that like you know you're growing internationally. We're that's that's our aim too. We wanna spread more positivity, spread more inspiration, and motivate more um, you know y- older people, younger uh, younger people as well, and just future generations. Right. Nice. Yeah. That's good. That's uh that's a perfect segue to our next question. <laughs> what uh so what message do you have for like young artists and performers that are coming up and that want to make it in the music game? What advice would you have for them? Stay hungry. No matter what, stay hungry. If your goal is to perform in one show this year and you get that goal and you perform that one show, stay hungry. Make yourself another goal. Write your goals down on paper so you can see them in real time. You can be checking them up as you accomplish them. Stay stay genuine, you know? Be a nice person. Being nice goes a long way. It's not a weakness being nice, you know? It's kind of a, it's an insecurity being mean more than it is a weakness being nice. So be nice to everybody. You never know who someone is. You never know if I'm talking to you, your dad might be the owner of Roger's Place. It'd be one of the partners who I'm trying to get into, you know? So be nice to everybody. Treat everybody with respect and the way you want to be treated. Stay hungry, stay consistent. Those are three big tips I give to any upcoming artist. Right. The other tip I want to get, or the little advice I want to get from you is, like you, I can tell like you have this sense of self-confidence and it's carried you a long way. What advice would you have for younger people to cultivate this sense of confidence? Just know who you are. Be yourself. You're going to have to go through some sort of trials and tribulations in life before you, you know, know exactly who you are. But once you find out who you are, if you already know who you are, don't change it for anybody. Just be unapologetically you because whether you're trying to um, to fit in or please everybody, there's always going to be people who won't like you no matter what. So you might as well be yourself. Stay true to yourself. Stay true to those who matter to you, your family, your friends, your girlfriend, etc. And good things will come. That's what I have to say. Don't try to fit in. Don't try to do what you see someone doing on Instagram. Look at someone like 6ix9ine, for example, you know, trying to just fit in and pull all these antics. Now he's in jail, ratting on the people who he was with. Just stay true to yourself and good things will come, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's next year, next five years, next 10 years. Stay true to yourself. For sure, man. Wise words, man. Wise words. <laughs> and I think that's that's... That's something surprising because people really don't know OG as in, you know, personally. And, you know, I think um, now everyone has kind of seen like I kind of met Clinton as a person. Right. And, yes. you know, hear, hearing about his mindset and his, you know, his energy to give and, you know, being nice, respecting everyone, even after the level of status you've you know achieved and all you're going to achieve. And, you know, just cultivating the youth and all those things is just amazing energy. So, I mean. The last question we want definitely want to close off with, we always ask this to each uh, guest that we have, is define what being a game changer is in one word. Being a game changer is someone who can go against the odds and turn the storm into their favor. Doesn't matter if it's sunny out or shining out, you can still shine through any through any fog. Being a game changer is someone who doesn't hear anybody, whether it's someone commenting you or someone trying to condemn you. You don't hear them because you're too focused on yourself. Being a game changer is someone who acts today, does something today that will affect tomorrow. You're not acting today to affect today. You're, You're working on tomorrow. You're working on next tomorrow. You're looking at the long run. You're not just 
conforming and trying to fit in, you're staying true to yourself. Those are all traits what I believe a game changer is. For sure. And I think, what would you say is like the biggest one? And if you were to just say it in one word, just one, you had one word that is a, you know, the biggest characteristic of every game changer and, you know, anyone who wants to achieve that level. Be yourself. As cliche as that is, be yourself. The older I get, the more I see that these cliches that, you know, we're taught yeah. growing up are so real because people just forget about them. People just neglect them. Be yourself. That is the biggest thing I can say to, to anybody if I had to wrap it up in one word. Yeah, man. That hit home, and uh, thanks, for pre thanks for sharing that. And My pleasure. Well, I, oh, yeah. So no. now we're just going to give you the platform of, this is your platform. Where can people find you on Instagram or anywhere on the internet? This is your chance to promote yourself. All right. You guys can, you guys can Google me, OG Jonah. Everything will come up once you do that. My website, ogjonah.com. On YouTube, OG Jonah, YGMG. You can also type in YGMG on Google. The YouTube page will come up. I'm on every streaming platform, big or small, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon, Deezer, Napster, SoundCloud, whatever you listen to, I'm on it. Go check me out, OG Jonah, all across the web. My Instagram is 780Prince, Facebook page, OG Jonah, Twitter, OG Jonah, YGMG. Go check me out. You've heard me speak for an hour. Go check out my music. <laughs> Once again, thanks a lot, man. So you guys heard the man. You've seen the clip inside of OG Jonah, and yes. you obviously knew his music before, but thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. man. Really appreciate your energy and your time. Great seeing you again, sure, man. It's been too long. Yeah, man. it has been, man. But, you know, I, I just, it's just amazing just seeing you and how much you've grown in the past couple of years, man. Thanks so much again for being on the show. My pleasure. For sure. All okay. right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. See you guys. Peace.